Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's ghoulie, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio, you guys. Hi. How yeah. how was your week? Mm, really? Better. Really got to pull it out like that. I had yeah. a, I had a pretty okay yeah. week. I enjoyed myself. Today was definitely the highlight of, of said week. Yes. We got we got for some sure. episode for you guys today. Oh man. We sure do. Which like came with a lot of unexpected information and it was like pure gold. This week we have the best, the greatest we have the interview with Tony Todd himself. And uh, who was here for that interview? We got me, Corner Pocket. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> We've got Dismay, zero, zero. We don't need no sound There was a delay on my fart. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I tried to hit it. And uh, <laughs> as you've heard by now, we have Bones, That's of right. Mr. Mikey Bones. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, the owl is not here this week. <coughs> He's uh flown the nest. Yeah. We've got a we've got a handful with bones. No, this I didn't week, hear it, so, so he has to do it again. Yeah. Bones, owl. I left did it already. Some people don't appreciate it, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey bones, just one time. I think I think we got some uh some <laughs> shout outs to get to. <laughs> we have a lot of technical difficulties, but let's get to those shout outs. Those shout outs are twelve nights of Florida. Whoa, 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 um, just, just, you know, my, my boy at, uh, 12 nights of horror.com who really appreciates I'm all of the shout outs. 12 nights. <laughs> We've been through a lot, man. And, you know, and, and you just, you threw me under the bus. You threw me to the side. I'm sitting on the curb right now, cold, alone, <laughs> hungry. And you just left me there, man. I feel like I should have that, that, like the song from ASPCA, you know the song? I will remember you. <laughs> 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 no, but for real, shout outs. Uh, shout out to uh, my partner in crime, Cardiac Music. And uh, 
I guess, you know, my Mikey Bones and Miranda for doing this awesome interview. Aw, thank you. I've never gotten a shout out on my own podcast. Thank you for that. You realize you just didn't bring up Shutter at all. Yeah. This is why I need to do them. This is why. I was going I was going to ask Bones to redo them, but I wanted Dismay to have her five minutes of fame, okay? Anyway, you can get a 30-day free trial for Shudder.com by using the slash pod promo code. If you haven't checked out Shudder, they are amazing. They are great. They have so many movies that they just add to every week, and it's just a really fantastic service. You use sh- um, slash pod. No, you don't. You get 30 days instead of a 14-day no, trial. Don't. Excuse me? Slasher pod. Slash pod. It's slasher pod. Corner pocket. See, you both proved why I do them. Every time you guys try and do them, you fuck them up. You realize that? Damn. You realize that? Every time you two try, you do something oh, wrong. Oh my god. And you all think it's so easy to read the shout outs. I really thought it I had so it. so easy to read the shout outs. Look what you did. Look what you did. Corner pocket, you fuck. You happy? <laughs> No, I really thought Miranda had that. I really thought I had it too. Okay, but (laughs) you can get thirty free days on Shutter using the Slasher Pod promo code, (laughs) and you can also go to Twelve Nights Horror dot com, I guess, PromoteHorror dot (laughs) com, and you can also check out HorrorMoviesAndStuff dot com. You can also listen to the Slasher Radio podcast on Twelve Nights Horror dot com, PromoteHorror dot com. The Baltis, the Baltis. I got close. I got a lot closer. You didn't closer even make it did. over the fence. Wow. You didn't even make it over the fence. You took a dart to the fence, you jumped and hit the top, you thought you were going somewhere, and you fucking got stuck by your balls on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't have any, so. Whoa, whoa, he sure whoa, don't. Whoa, whoa. He sure fucking don't. <laughs> All right. Whose side are you on? This man's like a balloon. Not yours. You wow. just threw me under the bus. I thought I did better than dismay. She'll sway back and forth, and she's she's a she's a dick. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I do have another shout out. You know, um, okay. it is yes. uh, Michael at Michael T G Madden, and he's from Ireland. And um, he said he was going to subscribe to us. He checked us out, and uh, he's subscribing. Hopefully he'll throw a review, which is what you guys need to do. He also said that House on Haunted Hill, uh, House on Haunted Hill was one of his favorite remakes. And uh, he also brought up a movie that we should watch, Dreams in a Witch House. Have either of you seen that? I have not heard, heard of it. I haven't heard of that. You might have to go on the list then. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. on the list. It's on, it's on the list. It's on the list. And um, there, there's another another person that I need to I need to address. Yes. Guys, it's the mm. dude from Japan. What did he do? Yep. This, this this elusive motherfucker has listened to every... There's an exact amount of listens from Japan as Slasher Radio has episodes. So there's one dude listening to all this, and he won't hit us up. What if it's two <laughs> dudes listening to half the show? Well, whatever it is, the dude or dudes from Japan, where are you? We gotta start like a... What was that, Carmen San Diego or whatever? Yeah, where in the world is Carmen Yeah, San where Diego? in the world is a dude from Japan? Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's, he's in duh. Japan. But, 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 but where in Japan? <laughs> where in Japan? Duh. Hit us up. I gotta find him. <laughs> Hit us up, man. 
I would love to talk to the dude from Japan. Only get him on the show. I would put. I yeah. would bring him on the show for sure. I'm gonna get, yeah. Um. So yeah, we corner pocket. We have uh, exciting stuff this week. Hey, I have I have a shout out. You dick. Do you? Are you gonna yes, Are you gonna I, shout yes, it out correctly? <laughs> I am. I'm gonna <laughs> shout out my own shout out correctly. Good. Good. <laughs> Um, at Frygay13 they're a new podcast called Frygay the 13th and you know it's pride month go show some love to some cool guys they have really great takes on horror and they do some really cool stuff which is where like on each episode they talk about like horrors in real life so a lot of time they talk about like serial killers and things like that they talk about things that they're watching like currently and then they talk about like, they did an episode on Strangers and everything like that. And it's just really cool to hear more voices, you know, in the horror community. They are a part of our little 12 Nights of Horror, like, little group that we have. And, you know, it's a new podcast. They deserve some love. So, go ahead and go check them out. We did a better Strangers episode. Hey. D- d- we had Damien Maffei. Who's better? <laughs> we had Damien Maffei, but they, but they talked about both of them. We really didn't talk about the first yes, one. Yes, we did. We, we had a better Strangers episode. Just saying. You don't gotta be mean. Well, not be mean. I, I'm just saying. I just want to say that was like that was not a like a that was not a, a shout out. That was like a yeah a cool, like, two minute advertisement. Did they pay us? <laughs> no, they didn't pay us. Jesus Christ! We deserve some money. Hey, hey we're trying to hey. make money here. You know? Hey, yeah. Listen, it's a podcast. Everybody does their podcast for fun, and it's a passion thing, mm. and it's pride. So go fuck yourself. I, we we need a check. What I'm saying. I. Need a check. Damn, they done talk more than me. Anyway, if you're not following us on Twitter, and well, no, we announced it last week too. That, that's 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 after. That, <coughs> no, that's, that's the I, outro stuff. Let, 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 let me let me get out the door first. If you haven't been following us on Twitter, we mentioned it last week on the show. We've been going on and on about Tony Todd, and we don't bullshit here at Slasher Radio. We did get Tony Todd, and he's here for you. And we got a lot of different different things from him that, like, I didn't even see coming. A lot of hidden, um, I guess, uh, facts about him that probably a lot of people don't know. Yeah, man, he was really insightful. He talked a lot about a lot of things, like, off-camera and just, like, personal. And advice. You know, talked about his hobbies. Oh, my God, he gave advice. He was great. I had a lot of fun. I had to talk a little basketball. By the way. By the way, guys, can I have the floor for a second? Unfortunately, can I, I mean, you know it. It has okay. to. Come, you know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I gotta get at least this. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like a moment of silence for all the LeBron James fans that are talking that shit on Twitter. <laughs> I fought hard, and I fought through the war for each and every one of us with a brain who knows goddamn well that. LeBron James deserves to be nowhere near Michael Jordan, and I fought, and I was a valiant warrior, and I am confident in saying, I think I got them all. I think I finally was able to get them all, and I am done. I don't want to hear no more about LeBron James and Michael Jordan. I ain't gonna tell nobody what happened. Everybody knows what happened. Get the brooms out. I'm done. You done? That's all. Oh. Okay. I feel a lot. You know what? Okay. Hold on. Okay. Now I'm done. Okay. Now I'm done. LeBron James got swept. That finals, baby. Hey, second time. There's 
there's another important thing that I'd like to mention um, is that we did ask Tony Todd the leprechaun Leatherface question. You don't gotta talk about yeah. that. And so you find out about that. Just listen to the episode. You'll hear Bones' that may or like, may disappointment. Not. That has to go through the editing room. There, there, oh, there's approvals that have to be done and <laughs> paperwork, paperwork yeah, that yeah, has to get yeah. filed and mm-hmm. and data upon data upon yeah. data. Who knows what'll make it and what won't, you know? So yeah. let's not put the ca- yeah. the carriage for a horse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other notes? You guys had to bring that up? Bloody, I'm good. Bloody uh, disgusting. I feel better now, good. too. We'll hear you guys. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side. Adios. I'm I'm rarely at a loss for words with introductions, so um, I, I really don't know how else to to put this man. But legendary Tony Todd is with us. How are you doing, sir? Uh, Tony Todd is doing pretty good. Me, I'm I'm hanging in there too. I'm right behind him. What's up, folks? How you doing, Slasher Radio? We're doing good. You're doing great. Doing really All good. Right. Thanks. Get some enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Todd, I'm not sure where to start. You have, I mean extensive is an understatement you have so many things that you've been a part of um the one thing i did notice that you it looks like you started off more as a television actor and then transitioned into movies is there anything am i right on that one well i started and still am a theater artist Uh, i have my master's in theater from trinity rep conservatory in providence rhode island spent a glorious six and a half years there Moved to New York, taught for two years in Connecticut, moved to New York, got my equity card within a week, and, uh, and joined a theater company called Modern Times, and, uh, you know, toured the country for the first time in a broken down station wagon doing political plays all over the country. Hmm. Wow. And that sort of led to me still being in New York and bartending, and, uh, you know, I did a few sitcoms, Kate and Alley and stuff like that, uh, but then, uh, before I left New York, I got my first feature, which was Platoon. And uh, that sort of got the ball rolling and moved out to New York. The film got the four Academy Awards, and everybody that was in it was put on the list, a coveted list. And uh, most of us made the most of it. So, yes, there was a lot of early TV work uh, after Platoon came out, but it was always at least one or two films a year. And, uh, but Platoon really got the ball rolling. And I'm still honored whenever I meet a Vietnam vet that says that you guys got it right. So, and by the way, we got a documentary coming out on the making of Platoon called Brothers in Arms, uh, where Paul Sanchez uh, was able to gather interviews from people, cast members, and uh, it's already been to comms this year. And we have a distributor, and you should see that out by the end of the year. Oh, along, with a, along with a great uh, book with contributions by all the cast members. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. With the exception of Francisco Quinn, who we lost, unfortunately, a couple years ago. Um, it was uh, Anthony Quinn's son that had a major role in the film. And we all remember him dearly. 
Yeah, wow, Platoon was really good, and it, it, I, I would, I could only imagine that feeling of getting, getting that, um, you know, I guess pat on the back or you know whatever to somebody who was there, and you guys actually being able to capture that realism. That that has lasted me throughout my career. I remember I was doing a one man play called Johnny Got His Gun, written by Dalton Trumbull. If you haven't seen the movie Trumbull, see it. It's a pretty accurate depiction of Brian Cranston, but. Uh, it was uh, another political piece, and some of Oliver's people saw it. And next thing you know, I'm meeting Oliver at the Hotel Carlisle on a Saturday at a four-hour audition period. Monday, I got the job. And there's nothing like, after, by that point, I had put in, what, six years of school. I got the acting bug in high school, so let's say two years there, six years training, uh, the theater stuff. So it was about mm, ten years before I actually got my first film. So for all of you that think that success comes instantly, just like you open up a package of oatmeal, it doesn't. You have to put in the time, put in the work, trust your instincts, develop your instrument, and be ready when the opportunity hits. Because you never know. It can hit when you're five. It can hit when you're in your late 60s. It can hit when you're 70s. The woman from Titanic, uh, she was in her 80s when she was called to it back into popularity. So you just got to be prepared. You got to be ready. You got to observe the world around you, politically, socially. Uh, make a stand for whatever it is you fully believe in. If you believe you're right, then stay right, and just wait for the for the uh, blessings to come. That's such great advice too, because there's so many you know people that want to break out into the industry and get discouraged, you know, when when something doesn't happen. But you know, that's well, great insight. Every single one of us get discouraged. Uh, people with success, people without success, people who have had success, people who have lost success. I mean, this past week, we lost two titans in the uh, fashion world, and Anthony Bourdain, who was a personal inspiration to me. So, you know, uh, depression is obviously something that lives with all of us, and we have to learn how to fight our way out of it. And the best way to do that is if if you know somebody and you know them well and you see that they're they're acting differently or they're dropping out of social context, please, 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 in the words of James Brown, reach out to them. Make sure they're okay. Because if they're okay, you're going to be okay. It takes all of us to be a part of this world. 100%. For sure. 100! (laughs) (laughs) I guess we kind of got to dress the elephant in the room and get to Candyman eventually. Yeah, yeah, we got to Candyman eventually. Uh, I had actually, I did Night Living Dead before Candyman, though. How is is that? How is working on something? I mean, I know it was a remake, but that's a pretty early on time for something like that. And Night in the Living Dead still to this day has such a big name for it. You know, how was it on the set of that? Well, uh, I had been inspired by the original Night of Living Dead. I saw it at a drive-in theater. Folks, remember those? You could actually bring your friends or your loved one to the movies, put the little speaker in your window, eat whatever you want. I usually mm-hmm. went for a bucket of chicken or whatever and uh, <laughs> blaze it up and watch the screen. That's so right. I saw that. I saw, saw Dwayne Jones do this indelible performance that like said, okay, because I knew I wanted to be an actor at that point. I said, but there's validation for me. You know, along with Sidney Poitier and Godfrey Cambridge and others that have come and gone before me. and But that really set in in my mind. I was in Pittsburgh working on a film uh, called Criminal Justice of Forrest Whitaker and Rosie Perez and Anthony LaPagria. And, uh, and 
Forrest is the one who told me that, hey, man, they're shooting this movie, doing a remake, and you look just like Dwayne. So it was my day off Saturday, ran over to the production office, cornered Tom Savini, who remains a great friend of mine and collaborator and fellow practical joker, and uh, <laughs> sort of convinced him, you know, I said him that he tried to tell me the role might be already cast, but I guess he saw my enthusiasm, my dedication, and my connection to the material. So that sort of went, my son was born, and, uh, you know, I actually had a choice of playing another popular movie at the time, which was more of a drug a drug celebration thing, and I just, I wanted, I'd rather be a hero for my dad. It wasn't that I wanted to be in a, a horror franchise, I just thought it was a damn good movie that exposed all kinds of social concerns. And I always asked George, I said, George, how is it that you ended up casting Dwayne? I mean, when you, you know, in Hollywood they have these things called breakdowns where there's very specific descriptions of who these characters are supposed to be. At that time, all breakdowns said Eddie Murphy type, Eddie Murphy type, Eddie Murphy type. Mm -hmm. They usually go with what's popular. Um, but he told me that Dwayne just happened, he, he didn't think of it as an African-American. They saw all types of actors, and Dwayne happened to be the best actor to walk in the room. And that was also inspiring to me. I'm so glad you brought up that movie because um, obviously seeing uh, the original and then your remake, and I enjoy the original a lot, but I mean, it, and we kind of talked about this on our last episode where it's rare you see a remake even come close to living up to the original. And I honestly, that's one of my favorite movies, your remake of Night of the Living Dead. And I, I feel it eclipsed the original in some ways. Well, I can't go that far because Dwayne set the template mm -hmm. and George set the template for all zombie incarnations to follow with his original Night of the Living Dead. I'm just proud to be a part of the Romero family and extraordinarily proud of my experience working with Tom as a first-time director. It was great because I was the first-time lead actor. <laughs> we sort of relied on each other to get through it. I mean, I was confident, but I'd never had to co-carry a film before and uh, he, he always, the best directors allow actors to, to bring out their best qualities. You don't break them, you encourage them. You learn how to talk to them. Actors work with a specific emotional uh, language, and if you can tap into that, you can get the best performance out of anybody. So there's a great starring role out there for everybody that wants it. You just got to be, again, ready for it if it happens, and then when you do get it, don't slack. Don't fall into the traps of Hollywood. You know, don't speak to me unless I speak to you. Don't look me in the eye. Just do the work. Do the work and be open to the blessings of whatever the work gives you. It's a blessing to work in this business. So, you know, I think SAG members are over 12,000, and there's only 10% uh, of us that actually make a living from that. Mm -hmm. We all hear about the big stars and stuff and their $25 million contract. Is the working actors, the character actors, which I consider myself one, that are the nuts and bolts of the industry. We're the ones who just won't go away. And, <laughs> and thank God for that, because um, yeah. your, your your performance in that movie, you know, obviously everyone kind of, you know, they hear your name and they kind of go right to Candyman, which is such a polar opposite role of what you played in Night of the Living Dead. And you mentioned you wanted to be a hero character, which, now playing both, which would you kind of prefer to go back to if you had a choice? Between Candyman and Night of the Dead? Well, no, more so just a hero and villain. Oh, I love playing I, I, I love playing all types of characters. That's my job as an actor. 
Tony knows who he is as a person, and I try to live on the right side of of uh, social consciousness and treating other people the way I want them to treat me. And you know, I have all kinds of causes that I fight for. And you know, uh, I think a lot of people know I rescue cats. We currently have three. So my life is full, and so whatever script comes to me, my only requirement is that each script or each movie or TV project I do is completely different than the one before, because I consider myself a leading character actor. You know, I'm a man of, a, well, to quote Lon Chaney, a man of a thousand faces. Yeah, speaking okay, of I'll like all for of... 999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to touch base on like your voice acting. Um, I know you did a voice for Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Um, how yeah. was that working with that? With that audio well, I, I'm a gamer. I was a gamer before that. I mean, I think I've had every system uh, certainly since our t- Atari and through Sega Dreamcast and now with my PS4 Pro. Uh, so I was a gamer. The hardest part of getting that job was I, it was my first exposure to uh, not being able to disclose anything, the NDAs. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't tell anybody, including family members, close friends, because if it had leaked, I would be sued. Right. So I had to carry that secret for about seven months. And as a gamer, I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew it was a total of maybe three months actual work. Uh, first time in a mocap outfit where you're literally wearing a Navy SEAL diving suit that's covered with these little white dots over every conceivable mm-hmm. part of your leg and your arms and your chest. And a, and a total of 80 on your face. And you're in a, you're in a black room that's surrounded by 240 cameras. And it's sucking your soul and putting it into a computer hard drive. And next thing you know, when you play it, you're on an armored battleship. And you say, wow, when did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a blast. And I still, gaming voiceover is one of my favorite things to do. I have a new game from uh, the creator of Halo. It's going to be dropping sometime next year. It's called The Protagonist, and I'm wow. really excited about that. I've already done two and a half voice sessions for that. With a couple more to go. I had no idea that you were a gamer. That's awesome. What is your yeah. favorite? What's your favorite video game right now that you're playing? Well, I just picked up Vampire. Oh, uh, shit. And I, the reason I got it is because my dabbling in horror and stuff and uh and i've played a vampire too and it's great because it forces you to make moral choices you know you have oh, oh yeah your need for by you have you played it i haven't played it it's on my wish list i'm trying to get it as soon as i could yeah it's great but my favorite game of the year is probably god of war oh god of war uh, is fantastic it's fantastic the coloration i just got this new oled system so the colors are just you know, I got 65 inches of just vibrancy coming into my room, whatever I choose to play. I'm also a big sports guy, so whenever, you know, I'm a Laker fan, so we haven't been around for a couple of years, but we <laughs> will be back. Whenever I really want to feel good, I'll boot up my old school Lakers, you know, combination <laughs> of the best, and whip everybody in the planet. I was going to ask you, what's your team on 2K then? The Lakers. The Lakers? The well, which time. one? I go oh, all time? I, I go no, I go through the all time so I can get a combination of Shaq, Kobe, uh, Magic, you know, Derek, that kind of Paul Gasol, that one. Mr. Todd, with all due respect, that's not fair. 
Why? <laughs> no, I mean, if you go if you go to the all time classic teams, you will see. You know, I mean, you got the all time Philly Sixers, you got the all time Houston, you got all time New York, all time Chicago. So I'm facing teams that have ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. We only have ninety five. Hello, ninety six, ninety four, and I still whip those asses. Yeah, but Shaq's hard to deal with. Regardless, that's it's cheating a little. You got to admit. <laughs> So gaming, but the way we all laugh, I mean, I think gaming is very important to our culture because it allows people uh, innocent escape into another world where they don't necessarily have to pick up an AK and go into a school. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. It's a healthy release. But I also think kids need to get outside more like I used to do as a kid. You know, we played touch football on concrete streets before video gaming, then go outside, get into the mad fight, be called away to dinner, finish dinner and continue to fight in a healthy way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree 100% with that. I, I, as a parent, too, you know, I'm always kind of pushing, trying to get the phone out of our hands, you know? Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's a new world. I mean, we didn't grow up with smartphones, so uh, you just, you know, but it's a constant exposure. you got to embrace technology, but you also got to be, you know, I grew up fishing. I grew up in Connecticut, so I think I've fished in every lake in Connecticut. We have over 120. That and still is one of my guilty pleasures, just getting on a bass boat with a friend or two and a six-pack and just, you know, whether we catch or not, just being <laughs> together and being on the lake is, is sublime. Touching base, um, you know, you said your favorite game was Vampire, and well, that brought me moment, to my... at the moment. At the moment. Yeah, at the moment. <laughs> it just came out like TV, yeah. so I'm probably going to do a little bit of that tonight. Yeah, what's great about the game is graphically it recreates London in the turn of the century. So you're like, and you're a doctor, but you've turned. So you're constantly making decisions. Do I need to eat this person or not? Can I wait? <laughs> but sometimes you get stuck in a sewer and you're forced to eat rats and stuff. And I'm telling you, the sound graphics on that uh, <laughs> are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of audio, uh, I had mentioned that, uh, you know, you did the Dracula role for the, uh, which was actually a, a Fangoria music release, which, you know, I managed yeah. the music label at the time. And I, oh, you know, cool. I never got to talk to you about that, but um, I always wondered how you liked playing Dracula, you know, in the audio form. Well, Thomas Mann called me and, and said, would you love to do it? And we worked it out. And um, one of the very first plays that I auditioned for in high school was Dracula. Okay. I really, really wanted it. A, I had a tremendous growth spurt in high school, which is how I found theater because I was useless in the athletic department. An English teacher gave me a copy of The Tempest, and I just I felt like I was reading a gothic novel. Um, <clears throat> so when I auditioned for Dracula, because I wasn't on the athletic department, you know, I didn't have a ready-made audience of girls or, uh, or flirtations that normal high school people may go through. And um, I was on the swim team, but uh, you could count 25 people in the audience for that. So theater showed me that you could reach uh, a cross-section of people. I auditioned three times for Dracula, wanted the title role, didn't get it. I was heartbroken. But she says, wait a minute, I'm giving you Van Helsing. And he, he talks all the time. He said, that's why he's not, nobody wants to see him. He's on stage all the time. Dracula <laughs> comes and goes. Come on, this mystery. <clears throat> so doing the audio was a uh, 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 self-fulfillment of being able to finally tackle the role in that form. There's a theater, a regional theater in Louisville that does an annual production of Dracula. 
I've been asked a couple of times, but it never works out with schedule because it's always in the October period, and that's usually my heavy time at work. Um, but one day, hopefully, I'll do it on live on stage. Mm, that would be that great. Would be the first to know. Awesome. Also, that, that's something I look forward Fantastic. to. Fantastic. Another project I kind of wanted to wanted to get your thoughts on was uh, Wishmaster. You um, mm-hmm. yourself, Robert England, Kane Hodder. Wes Craven, Harry Mandefree, like the Mount Rushmore of horror, pretty much, all in one project. And Andrew Duvall, Andrew Duvall, who was the Witchmaster. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time that that Robert Kane and I ever teamed together, Mm -hmm. I think. We've done it, you know, we did it later in Hatchet, but yeah, that was important. And Robert Kurtzman, you know. Yeah, there were so many, but what what was the atmosphere filming that? Because, I mean, you guys had to know there was something special with everybody in the same room, I would imagine. Yeah, no, we did. I, I only worked three days on that, and the only reason it wasn't two days is because that water tank death I had had to be reshot, and I wasn't happy about that. So I think some of the expressions you see when Johnny Valentine is trapped in there is my uh, you know frustration at having to get in there twice. But it was a blast. Uh, I think Andrew did a great job. He's a, definitely a good person. You know, I've known Robert and Kane for years, one of the things that unites a lot of people that are cross-connected to the horror is that, you know, there's a convention somewhere at least twice a month in this country and, and across seas. And so we, we've gone to uh, break bread with each other, sit opposite each other at tables, and just, you know, all of us bask in the appreciation of the fandom that keeps, that keeps the horror community in perpetuity. And... I, I hope I speak for all of them that, you know, we can't do it without you guys. Yeah, I mean, it, we've we've said it a lot, and I think it kind of goes without saying that the horror community is just so much more tight-knit than most others. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I'd say we're right up there with the Star Trek community. Oh, yeah. Which is also, I think, started a little bit before and is still continues not as strong as it was once in his heyday. But I remember one day, once someone said, you know, there's a, a, a convention once a week somewhere in the world. So for those people that need to supplement or in addition to, these opportunities are there. I've cut mine down just because, um, you know, I, well, A, I'm working a lot, and B, when I do go, I like to go to ones that have the maximum impact. Uh, so far this year, I've done Monster Mania, which uh, Dave Hagen runs a great, great convention. Always gives the people. I think next year I'm going to do Texas Frightmare. Uh, and I'm doing London at the end of the year, MCM, for everybody over there in Europe. Well, that's great. So you mentioned conventions and like, seeing people you know, like that, just horror fans, they'll come out of the woodwork to see anyone, especially Tony Todd. And just, <laughs> oh, my God, it must be crazy. But it's insane when you hear people say, "Oh man, I drove five hours to get here on a Sunday," you know, oh, yeah. the hardest day to be on the floor. <laughs> uh, it's, it's 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 humbling. So, but yeah, and, and not only oh, not only people that appear on screen, but the vendors have a healthy, healthy business in the con world, and you, you know, you can get all sorts of uh, disjointed posters and images and uh, people that have come and gone, and people that are still with us. So. It's all a cross. And horror people know how to party. I mean, most of these are days of the dead franchise. Those are just locking up a hotel and parties. You can hear parties going on forever. Some of that has calmed down lately. I think there's been a couple incidents in the past years. Uh-huh. Uh, 
but uh, I think that spirit of wanting to party, wanting to celebrate, wanting to be a room where everybody is at least has that commonality of enjoying a particular genre of film. And like at these conventions, you know, you sign autographs and, you know, um, has anybody brought you anything crazy that maybe you haven't seen, you know, from a film or something that you've done? Every time, every single time, I'm always surprised or something. Lately, I've been getting a lot of kids who offer me uh, drawings and stuff that they've done. I'm working on a comic book right now for, it's called Focus, which addresses the autism crisis in our country. And uh, I play an autistic superhero and, uh, that's where I'm going to uh, Austin Comic Con next weekend. So the, that's when the comic book is going to be rolled out and stuff. So I look forward to seeing just the joy. Like when I did f- uh, Zoom on The Flash, that opened up a whole other market of youth. And uh, just, you know, being a cool-ass supervillain on a DC show is great. So that's what it's all about, seeing how it's not you telling people what they should feel about your work. It's just being able to listen to people tell you what they got out of it. Um, you know, I get a lot of letters from people that tell me about family members who are sick or people undergoing chemotherapy or uh, mental health issues and whenever I can do that. I, and it's a small price that I'm paying, you know, to send something to somebody that makes them for however long, you know, have a big ass smile. Is there any character that like you haven't played or um, a market that you haven't hit? Well, that's I mean, you've hit almost everything. But if <laughs> there's one character that you could play, what would it be that you haven't already? Well, I mean, I will end my career in the theater where I started. So I, there's a couple of Shakespearean roles I want to do. Coriolanus is one. I would love to do Prospero and The Tempest since mm. that started it all. Um, and I've done a lot of August Wilsons. He's no longer with us, but he left behind ten great plays, and I've done four of them so far. Um, and I just want to be a better humanitarian. I want to use this avenue that I've been given, this blessing that I've received, to be able to uh, address certain causes that are important to me. Mental illness awareness in our country is one. Um, uh, you know, gang uh, helping gang members find readjustment into a more productive life is another. Uh, rescuing cats, uh, you know, uh, those are all roles to me. Um, we have a bunch of great projects that are in the can. Some of them I can tell you about, but there's a big one coming out in October from Galland Hurd, producer of Walking Dead. It's going to hit 2,000 screens, I think, October 12th or 18th, one of those two. We got a mini series on MTV, which is an old horror property that's being reconstituted. Can't tell mm. you the name, but I'm giving you. A oh clue. shit! Mm. Okay, all right. Uh, there's a great documentary on A and E that Eli Roth did that has mm. gathered a bunch of significant people in horror. So I think it's a three-hour documentary, and uh, and I'm about to sign. Uh, two weeks I go to Philly to do a uh, untitled uh, Netflix spec pilot. Hmm. Which is going to be a lot of fun because I play a sort of a chameleon-like demon. So every time you see this demon, he's in a different form. He can morph, he can shapeshift, etc. So I look forward to that. And I'm in discussions at the moment to do something that's going to rock the horror community. Uh Uh, Any details, Tony? (laughs) Well, it's television and it's... uh, it's uh, 
it's just I, I can't really give away too much because I haven't signed completely on that line, but it is happening, and uh, I can tell you. No, I can't even tell you that. It's going to be on a major, major <laughs> network. <laughs> we'll talk to you after the details. Yeah, drop. talk to me after that because then I can <laughs> tell you. But you know, it's going to be like road trips. I can say that. Road trips. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. All right. My brain's going now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're talking. That's right. But uh, <laughs> I mean, all those those are just, those are all blessings that have happened this year. Because again, I hate to keep bringing this up, but like depression. When actors work, we work, we're treated well, we're on a set, everything's good, the money is flowing. But sometimes it can be two, three, four months in between the next gig. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn, and this applies to whatever profession you're in, you have to learn how to modulate your days, don't get too high, don't get too low, you know, and look to others for your emotional support. If you see somebody in the street, you're driving, you're walking, somebody does an act of kindness and makes you smile, don't hold that smile back, let it out. And that way, your smile gets multiplied by, you know, 10 other people that you encounter. So those, that's been my recipe for maintaining mental balance and, uh, and, and staying. Sometimes I'm happier when I'm not working because then I can, I'm a full-on cook and I can spend my day planning recipes and, you know, coming off a great meal or, or I'm a huge music guy, so going to a great concert. Next week, there's a huge concert in Pasadena that I'm going to miss because I'm in Austin, but Neil Young is a headliner, and he's always been a significant uh, influence for me. So I didn't know you were same. a cook. What's your favorite dish to cook? I was going to ask the same thing. To Mr. Todd, I'm coming over. Yeah. <laughs> what's, my, what's my favorite? Well, I have some halibut that I'm about to reheat tonight. It's got a little salsa verde on it, and uh, it was well-seasoned because halibut can be kind of plain. But if you treat it right, it'll come out tasting like better than swordfish. So wow. got that and some sweet peas and stuff. But I started when I was 12. I started my aunt. I was raised by my aunt, a wonderful woman. I didn't even know we were poor until I was well past 13. She always made sure I had a play on my table, and she made sure every summer I was in a different program uh, from the Boy Scouts to geology, science, whatever it was. I was occupied mentally and physically. And uh, one day I was coming through a cookbook and said, I want to make a tort, not just a cake, a tort, which called for, I think, eight egg whites and, uh, and eight yolks. She says, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Three hours later I come out with this platter. It was perfect. It didn't fall. She loved it, but then she came into the kitchen and saw the mess I had made. Uh, <laughs> the hard part. <laughs> that was the hard part. Yeah. I've gotten better over the years, so I learned how to I learned how to clean as I go, which is sort of a model for life. My girlfriend knows her pain because I do that a lot still to this day. So I think it's a guy thing, maybe. <laughs> really? There you go. You get well. The best artists are a little messy, you know. I mean, Picasso. Come on, he slipped, cut off his hair. Right. Van Gogh, I mean. And Jason Pollock, who made his career out of throwing paint on camera. <laughs> That's right. A good career at that. A good one. So, I mean, I kind of have to ask at this point, we've been talking for for quite some time here. If we really get down into it, you've talked so much about all these causes. and I left out civil rights, which is Go ahead. something that mm -hmm. I shouldn't even have to say. Nope. But I mm -hmm. wish that we were more not only aware of the history of civil rights in our country, and how each immigrant group that has come to America has had to fight and suffer to get acceptance. And there are some that are still fighting and struggling and trying to get out of marginalization. Um, you know, 
right now we're in a pretty divisive state, and I can't wait for the day we can find commonality again, whether it's through sports, baseball, football, basketball, whatever it is, art, dance, theater, life itself, uh, just respecting each other a little bit more. But all, but that all starts at the top. So It's so nice to hear that, because, you know, obviously us being a horror podcast, we usually talk to people who are from the, you know, darker side of the, you know, at least on air, and to, to be able to finally hear some positivity, you know, it's uh, such a breath of fresh air. Well, that's how I live my life, but, you know, I can be dark, too. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> I opened a club out here in L.A. I didn't open it. I was at the first night of it. I used to go to this bar called Bordner's. It was on Cherokee in Hollywood. Fam- it was famously depicted in Ed Wood. It was the place where uh, Martin Landau is Bella Lugosi used to walk past. That's where he yeah. lived. And it's that dark. Those are my dark days. But anyway, they decided to open a, a side thing on Saturday nights. I think it still happens to this day called Bar Sinister. Okay, and since I had done, they asked me, please, please, could you just walk around? So I did. And it was one of the most, it was like being immersed in the middle of a sideshow. They had live white rats running around. First time someone offered to shake my hand, a woman had a self-mutilated finger. I hesitated asking her what that was about, and she looked at me and says, you should already know. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to check out the other side of the room now. <laughs> but uh, uh, then they had some strange stuff going up on the third floor. So, uh, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of different things. I have a lot of cops in my family, uh, four detectives, New York homicide detectives, for a long time, it was their plan that I joined them, and uh, I kept saying, no, I'm going to try acting first, and they would laugh and say, yeah, if you need some money, let us know, and uh, I was able to prove them wrong, and that was a good blessing. As a matter of fact, one of them who passed away about three years ago, when I got a job on NYPD Blue playing a detective, I called him, because he was a homicide detective, I said, so give me a secret, give me one thing, and he says, it's all about the pinky ring. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds obscure, but I knew exactly what he meant. And uh, these are the things you look for as a character actor to make so that characters don't bleed into each other. Um, and you can make them, you know, whole, whole-blooded, no pun intended. <laughs> so when we interview, you know, we interview people, it's really great to take away and see the person behind the role and just how, like, deep it goes. But, you know, if you really had to ask, you know, how did the role of Candyman really impact your, like, day-to-day life? Um, well, I was told by a lot of actors around that I wouldn't be able to escape that role, which made me want to tackle it even more, particularly since Bernard Rose, the director and, and uh, you know, writer of the movie script, obviously Clyde Biker wrote the original source, The Forbidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just told me, you know, and he cast me based on a movie I did in Africa uh, called The Last Elephant. And he says, that's my guy. So all I had to do was fight through the studio stuff and went through some personality tests and met with Virginia, and I'm there. Um, I dove into it like any other role. I mean, I thought the best accidents, like when we did Platoon, none of us knew that we were making an Academy Award movie. We were all just hungry kids from L.A. and New York and Chicago that were gathered together, put on a plane, sent to the Philippines, went to three and a half weeks of boot camp, and all of a sudden we have guns fired at us. So we just wanted to please ourselves and please Oliver Stone. Uh, with with Candy Me, I just wanted to please, I wanted to do honor to the history of Chicago 
And again, it was an opportunity for me to express through cinema possible effects of racism in America because Candyman was a victim of that. He was lynched. He was an artist first that fell in love with a white woman, and he was African-American, and he was lynched. And, they, and on top of that, they cut off his left arm, his right arm, which was his painting arm. So uh, the only vengeance that he has in his heart, which is through his unrequited love for Helen, is for people not to get in his way and so that he can reclaim something that was spectrally lost. So that's how I look at it, and I've been able to... When we did the film, you know, uh, it didn't really hit until two years later. When we came out, it was okay. I remember being at Toronto at the midnight screening. It was packed. People were saying, yeah, yeah, for the opening strains of Philip Glass's music. But it wasn't until maybe two years after the movie came out that it really hit. I was with my, uh, at that point, I had a daughter as well, Ariana. My son's name is Alex, and we were shopping. And people kept coming up to us and saying, Gang man, oh my God, you know, and again. That was the first time I'd ever gotten that kind of overwhelming celebrity crush. <laughs> and my daughter got so frustrated, she just dropped her little shopping bag and said, That's not Candyman, that's my dad. <laughs> and that resonated with me forever. So I'm never, I'm not, I'm not, I don't walk around thinking on any of the characters that I've done. I walk around trying to imagine the great roles that I haven't done yet. And all my life preparation, my work in civics, my work in social rights, my work with mental health is all about making me a better person so that when I do these life-defining characterizations, that they will be remembered equally. But I respect Candyman. I love Candyman. He's been great to me. Uh, just, I mean, I've signed so many pieces of paper with Candyman's face on it. It's unbelievable. Uh, the action figures, all that. And the most impressive is the fan interpretations of the character. When I write my autobiography, I'm going to go and collect all of this fan material. And that's going to be interspersed between uh, all my different chapters. It's really good here. Like, I mean, obviously now hearing... Um, you know, you're kind of airing out how, you know, you're more of your personal life and how you, you know, go about your day. And looking back on the character that Candyman was deeply, it's um, kind of like a dumb moment, kind of, now that we're getting to hear the real Tony Todd, why you picked that role. And we did an episode actually covering Candyman. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, he had he did this kill and all this stuff, but we were more impressed at how deep that movie was. And now, like, it, it doesn't seem like a coincidence is what I'm saying. Yeah, probably not. And it, and it was the combination of Bernard, who's one of the deepest directors I've ever worked with. Um, and, and I don't know if you guys saw his, his version of Frankenstein that came out a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that, unfortunately, we had a horrible distributor, but I think it's going to be repackaged soon. But, you know, it, I, he's one of the few directors that if he called and asked me, are you available, I'd say yes without necessarily reading the material. Most, most people, I read the material. Um, oh, I just finished doing a project with Jeffrey Reddick also, who created Final Destination. And uh, this is about a month ago. Uh, it's a project called The Last Wish. And I believe that's also coming out in the fall. You had uh, you just you mentioned uh, Bernard Rose a couple of times, and uh, it's kind of been thrown around a lot back in 2016. How he mentioned he would love to make a direct sequel 
to the original yeah. Candyman. Is that if that ever did anyone ever try and get the ball rolling on that? Would you even be interested? Well, I, I was with him when he came up with the idea. Uh, yeah, I, I, the problem with Candyman is that the ownership was kicked around and eventually it was owned by three different entities and none of them were speaking with each other or cooperating with each other. I know the rights now lie at Universal because they bought up all existing horror properties to help launch their whole new Universal horror line, which isn't, you know, mm. which I hope works out stronger than it is so far. Um, so, and they have no interest in putting out a Candyman because it would conflict with their catalog. So, you know, Five years ago, I was a little bothered that, you know, I mean, if Leprechaun can get, what, 11 movies and Candyman only gets three, <laughs> but I left it alone. I moved on. I said, okay, enough people love the original that is fine with me. I'm even fine if and when they reboot it because uh, all power to that and all that I do is make put re-emphasis on the original. So um, I hope, I know, uh, I know that people like Jordan Peele have an interest in it and if anybody were to do it I would hope he would um, so we'll see I did get to work with the uh, Gregory Platkin on uh, the Gal Ann Heard piece which name I can't say on the air even though it's on IMDB uh, but he was the editor of Get Out so there's a, in the horror community there's always a link you know six degrees of separation you had mentioned the Leprechaun movies, and it just uh, made me think about it. We've, we we kind of have a beef on the show. Um, some of these um, like Leprechaun, but um, I, I'm more of a Leatherface fan. Uh-huh. And it's 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 boiled down to who would win in a fight. So, Tony, um, if I can just get I... your opinion, who would win in a fight, Leprechaun or Leatherface? Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Todd. <laughs> Again, with all due respect, Come on. without mentioning who's on Team Leprechaun, you got to say Leprechaun, kind of. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Okay, one at one point, when there was talk of doing a fourth Candyman, and I think the whole Jason and Freddy thing was gathering momentum at that time, they actually proposed to me Candyman versus Leprechaun. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, and I said, what are we making, a fucking short? I mean, <laughs> no, no offense. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I passed on that. I said, there's no, I'm not, I love the character too much to reduce him to I agree. a yeah. joke. That's ridiculous. And I, I agree a million percent. I'm 6'5". Exactly. I'm 6'5". Okay. <laughs> I'm 6'5", <laughs> with or without the hook. And I'm a trained, I'm a, I'm a trained, you know, fighter. So whatever. I love Warwick Davis. He did a great job. He did it. I loved what he was working with Ricky Gervais. I'm talking about the characters that both of us played. They don't exist in the same world. No. No. Leprechaun had to make a movie saying Leprechaun in the hood. Candyman (laughs) came from the fucking hood. Okay? He is the hood personified. That's right. And, you know, that's kind of like a... I mean, I could see maybe a Leprechaun versus Chucky because... You know, like Candyman was such a serious character. Now that you know, that could be funny. You guys, you should call Bloomhouse and mention that. You got to get a cut. Leprechaun versus Chucky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, get your cut. Get your producer's credit. <laughs> Shepherd it. You know, towards his conclusion. Get Brad Dwarf on the phone to do the voice, and there you go. They seriously <laughs> offered a Candyman versus Leprechaun movie, though. Really? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. That that is insanity. 
That's the same. Well, there's somebody. It was uh, you know. There's several factions in Hollywood. There's creative. There's people that only think about the bottom line, which means money. Which is why we have so many sequels and so many popular films. Um, uh, you know, I know for a fact that writers uh, are continually being trained and spit out of great schools like USC, UCLA, NYU, Chicago. Uh, and I know that actors are constantly being trained, so there's no need to keep repeating ourselves. And I think once we, I think the well is going to burst soon uh, with some uh, properties that are constantly regurgitating. Because we need, I know that there are scripts out there, and I know, you know, 12 years ago, you could, there was an independent film culture. You could write a script and get it produced where it still looked good, where you didn't have to cheat, where it wouldn't get ripped off, uh, where it wouldn't get bootlegged, because you had the distributor. Nowadays, you, it's almost impossible because of the flags, the big flagships. Um, so what I have to do as an actor is I have to watch, wait, and, you know, drop carefully when I have an opportunity to participate in another franchise, like the Gale and Heard project, which I'm not a, I don't have a crystal ball, but it should be huge. Oh, okay, okay. Another thing, uh, another thing to look forward to. Yeah. See, I know it means nothing. I I drop bombs all the time when mm-hmm. I do Q's and A's and say, "Well, I'm working on this movie," but sometimes I realize, wait a minute, I'm, I'm just talking too much. But I'm actually proud of these things I've done, and I know it doesn't matter until it finally hits. You know, uh, like right now, I'm I'm the vocal voice of this new liquor called Uncle Nearest. Uh, if you Google him, you will find out that he was a black uh, slave who actually taught Jack Daniels how to distill. And uh, the Jack Daniels Foundation has admitted this happened. So some great people were able to dig up the rights to it, and the liquor is slowly becoming available across the country. And as it explodes, uh, one day you'll hear my voice uh, extolling its benefits <laughs> on uh, ESPN. I'm going to be wow. looking for that liquor for sure. That whiskey's been yeah. known to hurt me in the past, but I'll give it a go just for you. Yeah. This is a lot cleaner than Jack Daniels. It doesn't have impurities in it. It's, you know. Whiskey's dangerous. <laughs> anything in excess is dangerous. True, true. You know, vape pens can be dangerous if you keep sucking on them like it's a, a morphine drip. Mm-hmm. We were just going to touch base on Final Destination. Um if you want to, you know, walk through a little bit of that. Uh, well, like I said, I just did a project with Jeffy, who created that mm-hmm. franchise. Um, originally, Final Destination was a script submission for X-Files, which I had worked on. And um, they, did, they didn't accept it, and, but Jeffy kept it going. And then um, about four years after that, he got the green light. And uh, I think I was actually the second choice of that. Um, but whatever, I ended up doing it. So, uh, uh, you know, I had a blast. Uh, they increased my value. Um, cause I, I, for the first time in my life, I was like guilty with my paycheck. So I realized, no, no, I'm not guilty. I'm okay. No, because, you know, I would come in, I'd work maybe three days, four days, and the kids had to carry the movie, and they'd be like lathered in blood for four or five months. And I'm pretty sure that my paycheck was as commiserate as theirs. Uh, I appreciated that it was a healthy. We went through five incarnations. I did four of them, one in a voiceover. Um, you know, um, I'm glad people love it. All right. So 
one last thing that we usually ask um, everybody that we have on the show. As a horror fan, you know, within the genre, what would you say would be your le- um, your favorite horror movie and your least favorite? Hmm. Well, recently, I love The Quiet Place. Uh, oh, right. and I, awesome. I, I thought that, uh, John Krasinski did a great job directing and being in it along with his lovely wife Emily uh, it to me is what modern horror should be about but my all time favorite horror movie has to be uh, Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby I mm. just love uh. how the environment was created how to use the Dakota apartment building which I used to walk by all the time in New York uh, the cast was great Ruth Gordon etc Charles Grodin in one of his first roles. And it was all about the atmosphere and the story that pulled people in. And, you know, and it was based on a popular book. I also have a fondness for Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> because as a kid, whenever that came on, you know, we didn't have smartphones at the time, so we weren't on tagging or checking in or anything. We would just tell each other at Waterfound, hey, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is on at 3 o'clock today. Okay, we'll watch it and we'll talk about it tomorrow. But it was just great because it had everybody in it, you know, uh, with the exception of Boris, who's Lynn Strange played the monster, if I remember correctly. But Bella was in it, uh, Lon Chaney was in it, and it was just a blast. And I kept waiting for Tarzan to do a horror spinoff, but it never happened. Mr. Todd, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. Um, we appreciate all your insight. We appreciate you sharing all the things that, not only that you're working on, that's great too, but more the things you do, you know, in your everyday life with, you know, just helping people and do all your causes. It was, it was a really nice breath of fresh air to finally hear some stuff like that. That's awesome. I and mean, we will be sharing this on Tuesday, correct? That's correct. Awesome. I'll be looking for you on 2K too. Okay. <laughs> well, who's your team? Oh, I'd, I'd have to hit you with the all-time bulls. All-time bulls. I've beaten Michael fucking seven times now. I'm tired right, of him right. sweat. Right. I've seen him. <laughs> I'm fucking black as shit. He can't get pa- he can't get past Paul Gasol. We'll Stop. see. We'll see. All right, all right, guys. Thanks Thank for having so me much, on. Tony. Thank you so much for I coming on. I appreciate you. All the best with Slasher Radio Podcast. Welcome back. That was a great interview. Great. I'm still in awe from that. I'm just like coming down from it. It was great. I'm not going to lie. I was a little um, intimidated at first. He's got a strong presence. I guess it's his voice. But uh, no, he was super cool. Yeah, it's definitely like the voice. Nah, it's because you've seen him whoop the hell out of some zombies. That's why you know Tony Todd <laughs> don't play, man. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Oh, like, man, in just... Night of the Living Dead, he was, like, his performance was so powerful that, like, him fighting the zombies, like, you, you're like, he could, like, kill them with one hit. Like, he had to, <laughs> he like, could kill back. me. No, Tony Todd is... Tony Todd is 6'5". He could definitely kill one Big of dude. us. Big dude. Easily. Big he dude. He could kill all three Easily. of us in one swoop. Yeah. <laughs> If he really wanted to, we're gone. That's it. He doesn't even need any powers. That was such a great interview, man. He's just so knowledgeable in everything that he talks about. My feelings are hurt. He was talking about my man Jordan and... And Leprechaun. Where I t- that may or may not... Have, you guys may not even know what they're talking about. Yeah, okay. I haven't gone through all the data yet. <laughs> 
man. If anybody wants to DM me on Twitter, I'll let you know. <laughs> the leprechaun will not be silent. Yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll cut it out of our recording and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get it oh. out there one way or another. We might, we might have our first uh, leaked slasher radio oh, episode. God. <laughs> you don't want to leak me. <laughs> You're asking for trouble. <laughs> Final episode of Slasher Radio with Tony Todd. <laughs> so that would be a fitting end, but yeah, no, man. we're just getting started. Slayed by the candy man. It, it could also be because Dismay's here. Let's all stop and think about that for a second. <laughs> what? This show has been like plummeting since her appearance. No, you can't say that because I'm going to hear it from Eric because you say that because he gives me a hard time. Like every day, about you don't that. listen. You don't <laughs> <He> listen, <doesn't. laughs> button man. <laughs> like it's crazy. I have such a form to talk so much shit about him, and I never do it. <laughs> Shout out to Eric. Yeah, I guess. Shout out to Eric. What a beautiful pussy you are. <laughs> you guys, you guys there. You let me loose with my sound effects. I, I like the sound effects. I'm, you know, sometimes you reserve it, and sometimes they just need to be let out. You know. Bones, do you have your squill yet? Head up! No. You no. owe it. It got lost in the paperwork. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Very. Well, if anybody wants sad to news. go back and listen to it, if you go to the SoundCloud, I like tagged it. Um. <clears throat> no. Wait. Wait. Dismay. We can't hear you. We can't. <laughs> oh God. What would you say? All right. 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 Yeah. There we go. Dismay, can you give us a meow? I can't do that. No, I would embarrass give us, myself. Give us a meow one time. No, Please. I can't do it. All you gotta do is go meow. No. That's nope. It. No, because meow. when I sound stupid, Bones is gonna make a sound effect for it. I'm not doing it. No, no, no. No, no. Please. No, I, please, come on. Come on. Say come on. Every, every host on nope. this show has said meow. Nope. You gotta say meow. Nope. We'll get it. Say meow. I'll do it. When Bones puts his squeal in the sound effects. I'll, I'll do it next week if you say me out. Okay, right well now. then I'll do it next week. No, 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 no. Then I'm not oh. going to do it next week. I'll do it. You do it next week? I'll do you it. You know next damn week. well if I say I'm going to do it, I no. have no choice but to do it. No, I don't because, you know, last time you owed me something, yeah, uh, uh, an airplane now. an airplane just so <laughs> yeah, happened to fly over, right? Yeah. I can't. I don't direct sky traffic. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> I had nothing to do. No, I don't know. With I anything. Yeah, okay. What are you talking about, this man? She's delusional. Alright, alright. Next week, next you're saying yeah. Next week, it's a deal. <laughs> next week, you're going to say yeah. <laughs> now I'm invested in this heavily. Mm-hmm. Next week. I wish I had just his quick meow at the end. I gotta, there's going to be a couple of new additions next mm. week. <laughs> the meat. This one's not going, meat. going nowhere. <laughs> the meat's not That's going nowhere. That's my favorite one. Not going nowhere, Jimmy. Meat's Meat. not going nowhere. Not going nowhere. Hello, hello. Nowhere. Two cocks. Yeah. All right, we got to stop talking about Stevie. Yeah. We had a great interview this week. We did. Anything else you guys want? You want to tease for for the future? Um, a certain uh, phone number. You can say it now. I guess we can say it now. What we do have to talk about is the website. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have no idea what to say mm-hmm. about the website. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're working on it be... today, so I mean, we're getting there slowly. But it's, surely. it's it's coming. It's coming. It's slowly making its way. I would, uh, I would like to say a functional version of it will be up 
before you're listening to this episode. Right. A we'll function, not the full, but a functioning version. Mm-hmm. And, like, as time goes on, you know, there's going to be a lot of additions and a lot of changes to not only the website, but, you know, to the to Slasher Radio in general. So um, I'm actually really excited to, to get that going. Yeah. Yeah, we make a nice. We make a nice. Right corner pie, we make a nice. Nice and nice. We make a nice and nice. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up. I'm I'm excited too. It's a lot of work, so you know that we uh, we haven't been dragging our feet. It's just you know we're we're bringing you a lot. It's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you. Hold on. You know what? Corner pockets pissing me off. Whoa! I have been <coughs> very good this episode. You want a burger? You even clicked the wrong sound effect. You know. I'm going with the wall. Happy Tuesday, ladies. Cook at yourself a margarita. Off so you get in Doza. I'm gonna fight on both of you. I have, Doza's is good. Doza's is fine. Bring them on. Whoa. Whoa. You know, we've been getting a lot of mentions of the two liter Doza on Twitter. I mean, p- people have been talking about the two liter Doza now. Yeah. He's getting there. People have been talking about him. <laughs> I don't think. You think he deserves all that talking about? Absolutely not, but it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's, funny. it's false advertisement. It is funny. But it's, it's, it's fucking funny. funny. <laughs> I don't know if someone threatened to sue us as getting this much uh, airtime, right. but. Uh... Yeah, he did threaten to sue us. Fuck. <laughs> it's fuck. Hold on. Doza, you fuck. Maybe I'll line that up. <laughs> line it up to where it says Doza, you fuck, and that'll be the best sound effect. You gotta make the sound effects argue with each other. Have St- Uncle Stevie argue with Doza. I don't think it'll be the best one. You wanna oh, know God. what I think the best one is? Please. It's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now. Let's stop playing. That's too much. Wait, wait, wait. Wait for it. Wait. Almost. That one make a nice. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm done playing with my sound effects. Mm. Um, yeah, the website's getting worked on. Um, next week, we'll have a, a normal episode. You know, we'll bring you a movie. Um, we, the phone line will be active. It is active. Well, it is active, but, you know, we had can't have can't have everybody calling talking to Tony Todd. We'll be here all night. <laughs> so this week, you know, we couldn't make a nice with the phones. But we hope, you, we hope to hear from you guys. I mean, you know, it'll be fun, I think. And uh, just so you can put it in your phone... The next week, it's 518-362-7495. 518-362-7495. You can hit up Slash Your Radio. We'll let you know when we're recording and let you know the topic and, you know, throw your two cents in. And if you want to say something nasty to dismay, <laughs> nobody's going to stop me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't do that. Well, corner pocket. You can say something wrong to you. Yeah, you can pocket. do Throw. that. You can say whatever you want to me. I'll listen. I may mute my microphone call. <laughs> He'll listen, but he may cry later. So, but it's okay. I'm not gonna cry at all. I'm just gonna take it, and then Bones is gonna get mad that nobody's saying things about him. <laughs> One day, a phone's gonna ring, and we're gonna say, "Slash a radio." On a pocket, you fuck. And you just gonna hear that. <laughs> That'll be fine. Bones is gonna get upset. He doesn't get as many calls. I don't want nobody talking to me. Mm. I want everybody to leave me alone. Yeah. Okay. I'm tired of it. Mm. No more. <sighs> it's kind of weird saying that and then giving out my Twitter. So, 
Go ahead and hit it with your new Twitter. It's not new. Is it anymore. still? Is it still yeah, new? Still I don't new. know. I would. Yeah. All right, go. Where can they find you at? At Mikey's Den on Twitter. Bang. Where can they find you at, Dismay? At Dismay zero zero. <clears throat> don't say it, Bones. Say it. Say it. Can say it. Don't. Don't. Please say it. Please say it. <laughs> Do it. Uh, this way, Bullsack on Twitter. I couldn't help it. I tried this way. I fucking, I, you heard me. I tried. Oh I literally it fell out. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can okay. find me. You can find me at Mike Miranda. You can follow the show at Slasher Radio. Try harder next week. Give me next week. I won't say it. No, say it every week. Mm. I'm trying not to. I tried my. You heard me. <laughs> I gave it. I almost hurt myself. But uh, yeah. So. I think that's I don't I don't want to stop recording. What are you guys doing? We up to? I'm not doing much. Man, I'm not doing nothing either. You wow, you guys are boring. Maybe I do want to go. <laughs> hey, hey, you're, you're an staying. asshole. We're all staying here. Flash Radio twenty four seven. Wait a minute, is this a, is this a lockdown? <laughs> are we on? Are we on Slash Radio lockdown? We got our longest episode ever. Fun. Nobody in, nobody out. We got we got to clear like three days. Get some movies going. Get a rabbit room and just lock down. <laughs> no, because it would be so much time for nothing. The things that would get said would like <laughs> it'd be three days in like a two and a half hour episode with so much oh, shit yeah. that's gonna edit it out. Yeah. No, it's not gonna be an episode. It'll just be an event. Oh God. I'd have to clear the schedule. <laughs> it's worth it. It's the summer. It'd months. be like prepare. One day recovery. Have, one day that's like a whole we have work week. so we have so many movies that we're gonna we're gonna cover this month. This month, this this whole summer, man, we got a lot in the works. Got a lot, a lot. Maybe maybe I'll just maybe. make an episode one day of me playing with the sound effects. Oh God! What? As long maybe as you we'll put the squeal in there, Bobby just talking to himself. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> I, I would I would listen to that. I would listen to it too. He'd be like, "Hello, anybody here? Oh, it's, it's just me. All right, all right. So welcome to Slasher. I'd listen to it." Hey there, boy. <laughs> it's just me tonight. One day, I went outside my house, and uh, you know this boozy boots, and I got that big old knocker, you know. So walking down the block, I wear these overalls because you know they don't really fit the pants. So walking down the street, and Dick fell out the pants. Goddamn. You gotta tune in next week to find out what happens next. Oh no! <laughs> that was it. The Adventures of Bruce Bruce. You can find Bobby at Bobby Spitzer with two R's. Twitter.com. <laughs> oh, do it, do it. I just did it. No, did. no, the real one. Like it's usually longer. The, what? The, yeah, do it. I just did it. Do it. You just did. Was he not good enough? No, it wasn't. Do I it. don't know what more you want from do me. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. All that, all that. You just busted my balls for like fifteen seconds. I don't want to go, guys. I'm having a hard time wrapping this one up. I'm, I'm fucking pumped, man. We just talked yeah. to Tony Todd. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. yeah. Wake up, come on. I don't know. It's two a.m. right now. It's two o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. You know what happens at two in the morning? Two in the morning, I usually take my pants off. Mm. Well, it's time to wrap up. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, catch us next week. That's right. Good night from Slasher Radio. That's fucking fun.
Where, where Corner Pocket used to live, <coughs> let me paint you a picture. His old house, you walked in the front door, it was like straight on. You walked in the front door, you, you know, there was the living room, you go, you know, it was a good size living room, then like open, no doors or anything, like an archway, big archway, mm-hmm. kitchen. Then a doorway that with no door on it, I'm dining room, I'm sorry. Living room, dining room, then a door, no, a doorway with no door on it, kitchen. In the kitchen, to the left, as soon as you walk in, is a small toilet. Mm. You know, oh. it's a very tiny bathroom. PP only. There's not even a sink in it, because the sink, you know, you go out, you're in the kitchen, so, you know, quick, one, two, three. Small bathroom. Uh, our uncle lived in the basement. Then, the, then there's steps to the basement. So, everything's going on in this one shoot of an area he would shit like during holidays and get-togethers that house has been filled and i was there i could attest 30 people 20 to 30 people at times man like big shindigs like Mm -hmm. family used to come he had to shit in that bathroom oh yeah there was one upstairs oh see i had a different story but all right this is a good one but these happen so often and the whole fucking house smelled like shit because it, it the kitchen the, the stove's going you know like it's hot in there so that's <laughs> amplifying the stank and it's like i just want to know like uh, why his like his bathroom habits make it onto every episode because he shits well, there, it's just too much man it's like like we have stories for days with that could you imagine, like, imagine being at a family function and all of a sudden someone shits and the whole fucking kitchen, living room, dining room smells like shit. Potent. Why would I want to imagine that? That's what we had to go through, man. Well. Couldn't go downstairs to use his own bathroom like a gentleman. No, had a shit in that bathroom. Out of three fucking bathrooms, he needed that one. <laughs> he needed that one. For whatever reason. <sighs> Maybe the other one was taken. You don't no, know. No, no, no. Nobody no. goes downstairs in his house. Are you kidding me? The apartment downstairs was his. The basement was his. Nobody's going down there. It's mm-hmm. empty. Literally, the whole fucking basement's empty. He could shit in peace. He could shit with the door open down there. Nice. <laughs> Not bother anybody. He had a shit in that bathroom. Well, he just wanted to. He's a scumbag. You know, terrible for everybody. Corner Pocket, you know the story when your dad used to get naked to make Stevie That's, go downstairs? That was the story that I was thinking of. That was the one oh, that I God. That's what I was in my head, yeah. He wouldn't want to go down to his basement, so my father had to like come downstairs like naked. This is his house. Yeah. He'd be sitting there fucking just watching TV. Stevie comes, sits down. It's like, now he's there. He'd be like, Stevie, why don't you go downstairs and watch TV? You know, like I'm doing my thing over here. And Stevie, not not getting it. No, I'm good. I like this movie. Like, whatever it was. Like, all right, well, Stevie, I'm getting naked in a minute. So, (laughs) here you're here, kind of thing. And, yeah, like, Stevie thought he was joking the first time. He laughed, he giggled, he didn't move. So, a few minutes later, Corner Pocket's dad got up and took his fucking drawers off, sat back down on the couch. (laughs) Stevie got up, walked back down to the basement. (laughs) Yeah, family. That's what it takes with him sometimes. Explains a lot. He doesn't get it. He just didn't get it. Oh, Uncle Stevie. I'll be right back. Please don't come back. Oh. (laughs) 
Gorpaki, you want to know what I texted Chris t- uh, the other day? What happened? Hold on, I'm going to find it. Okay. I texted him, Chris, I know we joke around a lot. 19 inches this, take it in the ass that, blah, blah, blah. But in all honesty, I need you to come to terms with the fact that one day I'm really going to fuck you. Whoa. We're going to be wrestling around one day, and I'm just going to snap and grab you by the hips, pin you down, and pull that hairy ass of yours out and play hide the salami. You said that or he said I that? I said that. And then I said, oh. and play hide the salami. And then oh my I, God. I ended it with one day, Chris. One day. <laughs> one day. One day. One fucking day, Chris. <laughs> one day. Jesus. <laughs> Dismay, did you listen to last week's episode? Whole thing? Um. Wow. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! Um, That's a no from Dismay. Yeah, I did. I don't think I listened to the whole thing. You're a piece of shit. You start coming on wow. the show, you stop listening. So we lost a listener and no. gave the pain ass. <laughs> no. Wow! I don't. Corner pocket. We got fucking jit, man. Hold on. We got rooked. That's gonna. Corner <laughs> pocket. He said, "I want my money back." <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> I can't. Pocket, you still got the receipt? Because this ain't working out. <laughs> okay, what was that tagline again? We gotta put that somewhere on the website. <laughs> Which one? We, we we lost a listener. Yeah, we lost a fucking listener. Every we week. A what? You said, we lost a listener but gained an asshole? Is that what you said? No, pain the ass. Oh, okay. Okay, that's going to be my bio on the website. I have nothing to say. I can't believe it. (laughs) That was a good one. That was 10 out of 10, too. You're on a roll tonight. I'll give you that one. That was was a good one. Fucking try sliding my DMs. I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> Damn. I should report him. <laughs> no. Yes, I should. It's not going to get anywhere. No, but I should do it. I should do it. Your Twitter account can't take any more damage, so that's not a good idea. No. My Twitter is, is fucking like, like that first ever piece of armor. Like, it's all fucked up with holes in it. <laughs> torn and like barely on the brink of existence like that's that's my twitter well i mean look at it i mean go to mikey bones account go to his tweets and replies and you'll Yeesh. quickly oh, understand don't do that don't do <laughs> that i know i know no, what don't that's be trying like. to go delete anything either i see you I'm, i i and i am not deleting believe me i'm not deleting nothing i'm just telling people don't don't do that I, I've been getting a little raunchy these last few days. I didn't say anything wrong, though. I just was fucking fierce. Okay, but, yeah, you you, uh, you went above and beyond this past week. Oh, yeah. I was busting balls. Which, like, I'll give you credit. There were some good 
Um, Come on. There was some, there was some, some of them good were good. stuff in there. I'll, I'll give you that. I made some of those memes myself. I know you did. Did you do the one? <laughs> you made some? Yeah, did you do the one with the, like, paint with him with a broom? With the no, hat? no, I didn't that do that one. That looked like a Mikey Bones um, picture right there. It did. It did. If anybody's Which not one? familiar with my paint work, <laughs> Don't. I'm good with no. bunk beds. <laughs> That's all I'm Don't. saying. Oh, God. We've seen enough of that paint work. I'm good with bunk beds, man. Get at me. Oh. Yeah, we're getting raunchy on Twitter. Talking that all shit, LeBron, Oh my god, all these LeBron tweets. Dude, there's thousands, I think. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> None of them are... Dude, one of, two of them blocked me. <laughs> and the other two, one of them had to have muted me. He didn't yeah, I'm anything. looking at them and the tweet is unavailable. He deleted the tweet or he blocked you. Oh, dude, I was talking that yeah, shit. Yeah, but he, I mean, that, he, he blocked Bones, but I got one more stab in there by screenshotting something Bones said <laughs> for, like, one last word. Oh my god. <laughs> I made the one where it's LeBron and Jordan shaking hands, and Jordan goes, it's okay, bro, I know how you feel. Wait. No, no I don't. <laughs> I know you made that. I knew you made that one. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.